for the first time since the end of November, we can make this statement. It's game week. And I hope the Buckeyes are preparing and embracing this role they're in as underdogs against Georgia because that might be what they need to do to win the Peach Bowl on Saturday evening. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to an episode of Locked On Buckeyes for Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Tuesday, December 27th in the year 2022, and I'd like to thank you for making Locked On Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day. During this episode, we will discuss some wrinkles and the proper mindset and approach the Buckeyes defense should have going going into the Peach Bowl against Georgia. And there's a potential of a tight end transferring to Ohio State. He will make that announcement tonight. Who is it? We'll discuss that later in this show. But before we get to any of that, it's game week. Something we have not been able to say for quite a long time, but the wait is over. This Saturday evening on New Year's Eve, the Buckeyes will be facing the Bulldogs of Georgia in the Peach Bowl in the second college football playoff semifinal game of the season. This is huge for the Buckeyes. A spot that myself and others did not think the Buckeyes would be in at the end of the regular season as the Buckeyes lost to Michigan still. That loss stings, really, really stings. But the Buckeyes have a chance to play for a national championship if they take care of Georgia on Saturday night. Going into that game, the Buckeyes must have a proper mindset And it seems like they're finding some added fuel to the fire going into that game based on some things that people believe about them going into the game against Georgia. I have said it. You have said it. People don't believe the Buckeyes can win this game. People don't, well, excuse me, people think they can win this game. A lot of people don't think they will win this game based off of the coaching, the players, things of that nature, the way Georgia has played, the the amount of talent Georgia has on both sides of the ball. A lot of people are saying they're not giving the Buckeyes a chance. Ryan Day has heard of that, and he sees a team that understands the role they're in, how the public views them, and ultimately he sees a team that is ready to face the Georgia Bulldogs, despite what anybody else says about them. Here's a quote from Ryan Day in a recent presser about how this team views themselves and what they realize about the public opinion of them going into their game in the college football playoff. Quote, well, I see a team that realizes that not a lot of people give us a chance and have played really hard in practice or prepped really hard in practice. I think there's a good look in our eyes, end quote. He goes on later to discuss what he believes the team understands about this game, quote, but we know what we're in for. We know what the challenge is, and we've been working really hard towards it, end quote. Now, I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy here. Some of y'all might say, Jay, what you're saying is a little negative following that quote. That's a little similar to some things we heard before the Michigan game. 
But honestly, I think Ryan Day needs to acknowledge what he sees from his players. I'm not, I don't believe he's saying anything false. I believe the team is realizing things. I believe the team understands their role. I firmly believe they understand what's right in front of them. But also, I said after the Michigan game, I'm going to say it here. I need to see y'all prove it on the field. I need to see this team, and I think you, most of you need to, need to see this team, prove it on the field. It's one thing to hear what a coach says about how a team views a game. But what about a current player, maybe a starter, that is maybe a newcomer to Ohio State, but is a leader on this team in the locker room? Let's see how he views this game and what's going on in the locker room and what he has to say about his team going into what could be their final game of the year. This is a quote from starting defensive back Tanner McAllister. Quote, there's definitely pressure, definitely intensity. But as a player, that's what you play for. I mean, you're at Ohio State. You're going to have pressure. You're going to have all of that. It's 105,000 at every game. But that's what you play for. I mean, that's what I came here for. That's what everybody came here for. So it's no biggie, end quote. This next quote that I got from him in a recent presser speaks volumes about him and how I think other players on this team are viewing this game against Georgia. Quote, you got to come into that game with a different demeanor, man. You got to really be prepared to go to battle for four quarters, like all game. And I think we understand that after what happened in our last regular season game, end quote. I think a coach saying it is one thing. I think Ryan Day wants to rep the Ohio State. I believe he does. I think he wants to put his team in the proper position to be success successful. I believe all, all of those things. But I like when players speak, and it's not so much the coach speak. Just a young man speaking from his heart and not really saying all of the, saying a lot of words without saying anything at all, but saying what's on his heart. And I do believe that Tanner McAllister is firmly understanding and he firmly believes what's right in front of Ohio State. And he knows his position as a leader on the defense and also as somebody that's a coach extension of Jim Knowles on the defense all year long. I believe that this team is working towards some things. And I think I, I want to believe that they're taking that Michigan loss really, really hard. It took it really, really hard. And they're taking it right now as a sign and a way to motivate themselves going into the biggest game. What could be the final game of the season? Yeah. Regular season's over. Ain't no more conference championship games for them to play in. If they lose this, it's over. And we're having really serious conversations about the coaching staff, about the players, etc. at the end of the season. But something tells me these players truly understand what's right in front of them. I think they truly understand the opportunity they have to win a national championship. And I truly believe they don't want to end the regular season, excuse me, this season, the way that the regular season ended for them with a loss. To, the, to your arch rival, the Michigan Wolverines. George is good, defending national champion. All of those things are true. But I still believe this team, the Ohio State Buckeyes, have a great opportunity in front of them. But in the back of my mind, I keep remembering what I heard for an entire year. This matters. This matters. This, this, this. And when it came down to it, big play after big play after big play, the talk was there, 
but the outcome was the same as a year ago. What do I want to see? You back up what you say, what you said in expressors. You back up all the talk. Do that in Georgia, in Atlanta, and the Peach Bowl. Peach Bowl Saturday. There's going to be more pressers. There's going to be more conversations. There's, there will be more quotes that circulate. But what I'm here to see and look for is players that back up the talk, that they understand what's in front of them, and they don't want to have another, another bad taste in their mouth after another game. I think they'll be fine. I, I want, excuse me, I want to believe they'll be fine. Honestly, I'm in a TBD mode to see what happens on Saturday evening against Georgia in the college football playoff. Speaking of what's going to happen against Georgia in the college football playoff, I think there's a certain thing the Buckeyes did against Michigan, and they can tweak that approach just a little bit on defense to focus on some things Georgia does very well. What is it? We'll discuss that next right here on Lock on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's easy to, to create a job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Oh, and it's free. Once you create your job post, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skill sets and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Buckeyes your first listen of the day. For your next listen, make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Locked On Sports Today is hosted by Peter Bukowski. You can, you can get the Locked on, lock, locked on Take of the Day. You're able to hear the biggest stories in sports Every single day, five days a week, and Locked On Sports Today provides it to you every day in 20 minutes or less. Locked On Sports Today is available on YouTube and wherever you get your fine podcast. So the defense of Ohio State, I didn't know that that was going to be the focus of the day with this show, but here we are. Ohio State's defense is talented, really good, despite what we saw against uh, uh, the Buckeyes in their game against 
uh, Michigan. The Buckeyes defense has been drastically improved from what we saw a year ago, and the secondary is still an issue. What we saw against Michigan was Ohio State somewhat selling out to stop the run. We saw DBs on islands. We saw big plays. We saw missed tackles, and those missed tackles led to big plays. But focus on, for a few minutes, selling out or putting a lot of focus on stopping the run. Because even going into the game, I even believed if you slow down the rushing attack of Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, even though Blake Corum was, uh, was, was hurt, got hurt a week prior to that game uh, in the Illinois game, the thought was if you slow down the run, Michigan's offense is, doesn't have enough explosiveness in the passing attack in the passing game to beat Ohio State. I was wrong. But they did put a lot of resources, dedicated a lot of resources to stopping the run. And for the most part, for the most part, they did a phenomenal job of that. I am not going to sugarcoat it to say, oh, they got beat up all over the field, uh, embarrassing this, embarrassing that. No, they did, for, for the most part, they did a phenomenal job of trying to stop the run. I mean, at one point, I think the most of the game, Michigan was averaging less than three yards a carry. I think it was 2.8 yards per carry. So you know the big 80-yard run and the 70-plus yard run. Well, prior to that, the Buckeyes defense was doing pretty good at that. Now, those resources and that time and the energy and the athletes and the numbers that they put inside of the box to stop the run, the Buckeyes can do that same thing, that same exact thing. Dedicate those resources. Dedicate those players to stopping the pass. Tied in, Brock, uh, Brock Bowers. Uh, if you dedicate those same things to the Buckeyes, I mean, to, to the Bulldogs' offensive attack, I do believe the Buckeyes will be in a better state and a better set to slow down Georgia. Blake Corm's amazing. So is Brock Bowers. I mean, have you looked at his numbers? Have you seen his production? Have you seen how good he is um, uh, on the football field as a tight end? 52 receptions on the year. He leads the team, leads Georgia's team in receptions and receiving yards, 726 receiving yards, six touchdowns. And some of you might say, Jay, that's not really great for your number one receiver. You're correct, receiver or tight end. You are exactly correct when you add in the fact that that is a tight end, a tight end that's a, a threat in, on third down, and a threat in the red zone. They can run jet sweeps with him. They do different things with him just to get the ball in his hand. They throw bubbles. I mean, they will do a lot of things with Rock Bowers, the number one tight end. What else do you have to do? Be able to adjust on the fly. Those resources that the Buckeyes dedicated to Michigan in the uh in the pass in the run in the running game, do that same thing in the passing game, to focus on the other team's best player. That's going to be a strategy. But also at the same time, the Buckeyes, I do believe, need to find a way, if they want to accomplish that, if Floyd down the number one uh, threat that that, the, that Georgia has right now, yeah, you're going to have um, Kiaris Jackson and Dylan Bell and all the receivers that are there for Georgia that are going to be players that you think Georgia will go after. No, Georgia's guy is Brock Bowers. Yeah, Ladd McConkie, second on the team in receptions with 51. But everybody else, the other receivers are not over 30 receptions on the season. And so you see where the focus is on one guy. Take those resources, 
put him to Brock Bowers. But at the same time, make sure you're able to get pressure on Stetson Bennett. Now, that's a little bit harder than you think. And the Buckeyes have not got consistent pressure on quarterbacks throughout the most the major portion of the season. It's been something that's something that they have been working to do. But with the word on the street really coming from coaches saying that Mike Hall Jr. is getting healthy and healthier, if you're able to get that pressure up the middle, that e that opens up things on the outside for Zach Harrison or uh uh, uh Jalen Tweemalow or Jack Sawyer or Javante Jean Baptiste who might be might get more run in this game just because Georgia isn't one that's going to run the ball a whole lot. So you got to figure out, you got to figure out ways to get pass rushers on the field so they can do what they specialize in. You focus all your attention on Brock Bowers. Also realize you got to find a way to get consistent pressure, but it's going to be hard to put your pressure, put your attention on Brock Bowers. If you're just sending uh, uh, double a gap blitzes and things like that consistently, limiting the amount of guys that you have in coverage. I've said it once. I'll say it again. I don't know if the Buckeyes are going to Buckeyes coaches are going to play Sonny Styles in this game, but the height that he has, he doesn't match up size for size, pound for pound with Brock Bowers. When you have the height that's there. And if he is kind of your X factor, X card, whatever, wild card, whatever you want to throw to describe what he could be in this game, Sonny Styles could, and I wouldn't say Sonny Styles name if I didn't think, he might be able to play a role. I'm not someone to say, oh, put in so-and-so, put in that guy. No, that's not how Jay operates. But it could be a game to put Josh Proctor in a little bit more, put Brock about, excuse me, uh, Sonny Styles in a little bit more just to uh, kind of get more of that um, size element there on Brock Bowers. Because you're going to try, you're probably going to have a couple guys um, on him at all times. You can't, That one-on-one coverage on this, on this cat, hey, y'all. That's not going to fly this game. It's not going to fly at all. You have to find a way to put attention on him and also get pressure with as few players as you can because the more pressure on Stetson Bennett, it extends the play. Yeah, it could extend the play in Georgia's favor uh, getting because Ohio State can't defend longer plays. But if they figure out work on those things in the over the, next, the past uh, few weeks, this game can be a little bit more tricky than you think as far as a chess match between Kirby Smart and Ryan Day trying to mix and match the pieces on the field to give their team the upper hand. You got to find a way to put a lot of, put more resources on stopping and slowing down Brock Bowers, but also find a way to get consistent pressure. The pressure part is hard. That slowing down Brock Bowers is hard. But I think the Buckeyes players, they have guys that can do it. Can they do it consistently? That's something we'll only be able to answer when the game is played. Brock Bowers' defense, Ladd McConkie, the receivers that are there, they're good. They're really good players. But the Buckeyes have some wrinkles that I don't think we've seen all year that they might throw at Georgia on Saturday evening on New Year's Eve. A lot of talk about a tight end here from Georgia. Well, the Buckeyes are looking at potentially getting, picking up a transfer this or later today a guy that plays tight end, well, did play tight end at Maryland. We'll discuss who he is, who the Buckeyes are battling with to get the services of C.J. Dupree. C.J. Dupree. We'll discuss that next right here on Locked on Buckeyes. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a friend. Nah. 
You live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The result of tragic and off the results are tragic and often deadly. However, this still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now and looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, please think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. So the Buckeyes are focusing on a tight end on the field on Saturday. But prior to that, they might pick up a transfer via the transfer portal on today. That player, C.J. Dupree, tight end from the University of Maryland. Mr. Dupree, this this year, he had 30 catches uh, for 314 receiving, receiving yards and three touchdowns, averaged 10.5 yards per pop. The 30 receptions and 314 receiving yards, those are second on the team among all tight ends. Also, 10.5 yards per reception was also second on the team in that same category, uh, second on the team as well amongst that position group. He was tied for first with most Touchdowns, receiving touchdowns among all tight ends for Maryland. The Buckeye situation among tight ends is an interesting one because at the end of the season, I do believe Mitch Rossi is gone. Case Stover is up in the air since his fourth year at the school. He has more years of eligibility. Does he decide to uh, play, a, I think, a couple more years? A COVID year he can still utilize, and then also a grad, uh, grad year so he can potentially play two more years of college football. Does Cade Stover stay? Does Cade Stover go? That's something that's up in the air. But you look behind him with Mitch Rossi gone, you have G. Scott Jr., you got Joe Royer, you got Sam Hart, you got you got uh, Bennett Christian, and I want to say there's another tight end, Johnny Thurman. That's who it is, a freshman. So you got a lot of guys there outside of Rossi and outside of Stover that don't have many reps, none whatsoever. Ohio State starting tight end Kate Stover this season, 35 receptions so far, 399 receiving yards, five touchdowns, 11.4 yards per reception. I mean, he his numbers are better, but he was asked to do certain things. And I do think if and there were some times Stover would have been closer to 40 receptions. Oh, it would have been easily over 400 receiving yards, could be closer to 450, and go to have six or seven receiving touchdowns on the year. I mean, he if, if somebody, he has some key drops. Uh, I think one was in the end zone. I know a couple were in the red zone. He has some receptions and some uh, some yards and some touchdowns that he literally, not figuratively, literally left on the field by dropping the ball. So if Stover's gone, or if he stays, you still got a major hole in backup tight end. And then comes C.J. Dupree. Dupree is someone that is down to two schools about where he might go. And if you're in this situation, you're deciding deciding between Alabama or Ohio State, buddy, you are doing something right on the football field. 
Now, some of you might say, we don't like Alabama. We don't like them at all. They're annoying. They get recruits from Ohio State. The guys at Ohio State once. Nick Saban comes in, flashes them rings. Next thing you know, a guy says, I'm not going to be a Buckeye. I'm going to be, I'm going to go to Alabama, play there in Tuscaloosa. Hey, rings talk. But you want to know what else talks? Production. And Kate Stover production in this offense might be something that's in Dupree's eyes and saying, hmm, I saw what Stover does on the field. I see how he has influenced Ohio State's uh, offense this year. I understand what Stover has done. So the next thing you know, he might be deciding between Ohio State and Alabama. Now, ultimately, I recently looked at 247. They do have a crystal ball here for uh, guys at the transfer portal. There was only one person that predicted where Dupree would go. And ultimately, it was Jeff Ehrman. He's, he, uh, he's a publisher of Inside MD Sports. Uh, he actually was on the podcast a few, a few years ago uh, previewing the uh, Buckeyes and uh, Maryland I believe football game. And uh, Jeff Ehrman ended up saying he predicts that Dupree will go to Alabama. That was the only prediction there for the crystal ball, which is why it's 100%. If you go there and look at it, it's 100% Alabama. We'll go ahead and look at and just click and see how many predictions, who predicted it. Jeff Herman's really tapped in. He's actually broke, he broke some news, I believe, uh, national college football news. So it's not someone that's not plugged in. But that could be where Dupree goes. And honestly, I would understand if he goes to Alabama. I don't understand if he comes to Ohio State. If I'm him, I get it. I'm not going to try to split hairs. I completely get it. You're going to win some as Ohio as Ohio State. You're going to lose some as well. What's well, a great way to win some? Production at a, at a position consistently. And what Cade Stover did this year is a great step in the right direction. Dupree could be a starting tight end immediately, man. If he comes in, he, he, he could be a tight end one. Uh, he could be a backup. It, honestly, it kind of depends. Does he have inside scoop to where Stover's going to Stover's going to do? Is he going to go to the NFL after the year he's had, or is he going to stay in school? Because maybe he's saying, "I'm going to go somewhere where I'm going to start," and Alabama allows me to do that. Or maybe he's saying, "I'm fine going to Ohio State, staying in the Big Ten, and doing things under Ryan Day in the offense that is there in Columbus." These are things that are there on the table. Whatever he decides to do, he's done his homework. He's probably made his, his decision by now. Dupree, CJ Dupree, I'll be glad to have him as a as a as an Ohio, as an Ohio State tight end. But ultimately, I understand his decision if he decides to play for Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. We're out of here on a Tuesday. A few more shows coming up later in this week, leading you up to the game against Georgia in the Peach Bowl college football playoff semifinal game that the Buckeyes are playing on Saturday evening. You can follow me on Twitter at jsteven07. You can also send all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. Thank you for making Locked on Buckeyes your first listen of the day. For your next listen, make sure you check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. You can get the biggest stories of the day, Locked on's take of the day. You can get it all in 20 minutes or less. Locked on Sports Today, just like Locked on Buckeyes, they're both available on YouTube and wherever you get your fine podcast.